right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movie Talks and Chill. We are your hosts. I'm Tony Serrato. I am Gavin Butts. And I am Patrick Wall. And with us today is a special guest we're going to be interviewing. Uh, local talent, she's done it all. Uh, movies, modeling, producing, writing, just about everything. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Krista Grady saxon Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, so, Krista, we're just going to tell you uh, what it is we do. Um, we're just three guys that started this podcast a couple months ago. Uh, we don't have a lot of history in the film industry. For the record, me and Gavin don't. Uh, you actually do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to movies. I, yeah, I, I have been to one of those I mean, big theater things. Excuse me. Go. I'm sorry that I did just plop out of my mom and just sit down and watch movies. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so what we like to do is just sit around and rant about movies. Um, each episode is kind of devoted to a specific thing. Could be directors, genres, actors. Um, sometimes it can be vague. Uh, we talked about decades on here a while back. Uh, uh, one one year. One year. It was last week. <laughs> that's funny that's kind of what we do on here um so this episode we wanted to ask you some questions uh since you've been in uh, in the film industry for quite some time now and i'm sure we can get a lot of insight from you sure absolutely uh so first thing we'd like to ask is um you know tell us who krista is uh, a little about yourself what you what got you into the industry and a little bit about your projects all right well i'm krista grady saxon i'm originally from minneapolis minnesota and i moved down to florida um, I was probably 18 years old and I've always been into performing. It's just what I do. Like I'd put on shows at the local park and put up signs, you know, say, come see me or us <laughs> this weekend at two o'clock on Saturday. And, um, it's just what I've always done. And I, I, I never knew any different. And I hear a lot of, uh, actors kind of say that it's just, it's just ingrained in them, but it's true. And, um, and I have that childlike ability to live in the moment. I absolutely love um, diving into different characters. And maybe it's to kind of be outside of my own self, in a sense. And then it's become sort of a habit. So when I started to truly act in film and movies, um, I really was just doing it as a hobby. And I took uh, acting classes in St. Pete at Venue Theater. Yeah, yeah, and the teacher was Corinne yeah, Bruschett. Yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah, 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 they're still around, and it was, I had the time of my life going in, not knowing anybody, and we had to get up in front of the room and do monologues and, and read off each other, and um, I had a blast doing it. It was just really for fun. So one of our assignments was to go in and, you know, put together a resume. So all I had on my resume was little school plays and, you know, singing for the music teacher at, you know, on their retirement. Were you the flower in the background? Like yeah, that? right, right. It was like, and if, if there wasn't anything available, I'd create something. I'm like to the teacher, hey, let me, uh, I, I want to do something real quick for the class. And they're like, okay, Kristen, now what is it? I so, want to be the sword. Yeah, that, so that was, that was like my thing. And um, yeah, so I had so much fun with that. But um, but yeah, so we I did that. And uh, I was like, well, I don't have a resume. And, and none of us really did. We were all starting in, at venue theater with our classes. And so we just put on their things from school and whatever. Um, and But one thing I've learned, it's, it's, you know, it's if you fit the role. You know what I mean? So the resume isn't such a great big deal, especially in independent filmmaking. It's whether you fit that role and, you know, obviously you deliver. But, um, but I put together that, that resume and went in. And then um, we submitted for, we had to go on like Green Room Orlando or any one of the casting sites that were available. 
and uh, I submitted for a short film that was actually shot on film uh, called Filthy. And Filthy, I, I read the sides for it, and it was an inbred transient. And I said, I've got this. I had pure confidence in this. So I ended up going in audition, and I got the role of pussy. <laughs> With a southern accent, talk just like that. And, and I got the role, and it, that's, it started from there. Uh, Filthy went around to the Film Fest circuit all around the country, and we won 23 awards. Um, and then I continued to work from there. And I would, I would take whatever I could to network and, you know, maintain work in the industry. And um, so I, it's kind of cool now because that was 20 years ago. And I went from, you know, just the blonde screaming in the rain with the white tee on to, to you know, now an executive producer. So it's pretty cool you if you stick with it, you know, because you see a lot of people in this industry who, um, you know, you can, they can go their whole career it, it's a struggle it really is a struggle and it's a rough the roughest industry in the world and yes it is <laughs> what i think is great about that is like where you're at now from then um is we get to hear it and we get to see that journey yes uh, we get to hear about that journey from this to this you know now you're in a good place and it just sounds incredible um i, I love hearing stories like that Yes, yes, and I love it. The guys here know um, I always talk about documentaries. We know. But you see, for me, that's what I like. I like more of seeing what it took to get something made or documentaries about the individual. Sure. No more, no more homework for us, please. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Ask him about, every, about Clerks. He will tell you yeah. Kevin Smith's journey. Every episode, he has homework for sometimes me, mostly for Patrick. <laughs> That's We're funny. introducing a new segment. Has Patrick watched this? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, have you seen it? Yeah. Patrick, That's cool, seen though. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd like to think I've seen a lot of movies, but apparently these two a-holes have seen way more than me. <laughs> Probably me too, then. For sure. <laughs> you know my last For name sure. is Butts, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we know. Fucking asshole. Another thing I'd like to ask you... um is you've been a local in the market and you've obviously expanded out. Uh, you've been in L.A. and Hollywood, and I believe one of your films was done in New York, if I'm correct? Yes. Yes, Death on Demand. A Death on Demand. Okay, um, so what has been your experience in the Tampa Bay film industry or, or even Orlando or just in the area in general? Um, we need more opportunities for film here, for sure. Um, we, but we have a great filmmaking community. And what I love about um, the community here is they do it for the love of what they do, what we do. And it's where I started. And we all have always helped each other out on every production. Say, just because I'm an actor, somebody needs help carrying lighting across the park, as we did in Herschel Gordon Lewis's movie. You know, we all, we're all like family. And that actually happens on every production I work on, even today. I just got back from L.A. We were shooting um, a movie called Devil Row. I know I can't talk too much about it, but it was... I wish I yes, could, please. man. Uh, keep um, the limit and we won't get sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, um, but uh, I can I can talk about the title and um, we we shot that and it it's the same it's the same thing we're like family but of course you know Tom Churchill was the writer director of that and I've been with him for 15 years now oh, and yeah. we were talking about that and I'm like and whoa what a roller coaster we have we always laugh like uh, we are like a married couple and we go 
toe to toe sometimes. <laughs> and then we always make up. So people are like, don't get involved. Let them handle it because they're always going to be best friends at the end of the day. So it's really funny. Yeah. Can I ask, what's the difference between the uh, indie film market here in Tampa Bay compared to Orlando? Because I know Orlando has a very large indie film market. Is there a considerable difference between the Tampa Bay area and Orlando, or are they kind of connected? I would say they're, uh, no, I say they're, they're, it's kind of separated, but I've always thought of Orlando as more commercial. Really? Like more commercial, like um, literally commercials. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I've done a lot of work in Orlando and it's always been, um, um, you know, like commercial work or what are those darn things? I, I, I did a... TSAs? Yeah, I did one for a, like a Q grill before and then I was walking through Walmart and I was like, hey... That's the infomercial I did in Orlando. <laughs> and I saw, and then I look at the box, and there was me taking a bite out of a hamburger on the side of the box. <laughs> so I was like, this is too, I had no idea I was on the box of it. Um, did they pay you for that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably why they didn't tell me I'm on the box. I had to walk through Walmart. So I had to set up and go on the overhead and say, hey, you know, girl on the Q girl box in aisle five signing autographs. <laughs> You got to promote yourself any way yeah. you can as an actor. Very true. Yeah. Uh, Ma'am, you can't take that out. Uh, the hell I can. It's got my face on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is literally <laughs> mine. <laughs> this is literally. <laughs> See, that's interesting because I've seen a lot of growth over the years because I'm born and raised here in the St. Pete area and just seeing the development and growth. And I think it may have been uh, five to seven years ago, maybe even longer than that, the Sunscreen Film Festival was started. Um, and it's down there in uh, St. Pete and Baywalk. Um, but just seeing that was great because uh, that never existed before. Yeah. The Gasparilla Film Festival has just gotten bigger and bigger. Love Gasparilla, yeah. I have personally seen such a big development in the market. Um, there's a film commissioner in the area. Uh, I believe he was co-founder of the Sunscreen Film Festival, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's trying to promote... Uh, one for each city, like a, a Largo Film Festival, a Clearwater Film Festival, just something for all of Pinellas County. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, like just something where you bring Pinellas County really on the map. So yeah. separating a little bit from Tampa so that we can still be a large uh, entity in ourselves. Well, they also need to um, provide incentives for filmmakers here, like, like Georgia. You know, everything is shot in Georgia. And... Um, that would provide so many more jobs and greater opportunity for we because we have a whole we have so many talented uh, filmmakers here. I mean, I, I I worship them. I think they're all amazing actors, performers, like just any everybody who is an artist in the industry. I I think it's I, I'm always in awe with them, even if their movie's stupid. You know, they're they're amazing. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's a lot of stupid movies out there, but then there's we've they, read Tony's screenplay. Yeah. But then, yeah, right. But then, what what you know that could could be uh, you know somebody else's favorite movie. So it's like you know, like I said, art is art is subjective, and it's. Um, uh, but yeah, I wish there was something. I, I wish it was more. And when we got people like that putting on these conventions and you know like Sean Donahue does um Tampa Bay Screams now and and it's it, you see the growth every year and I'm like wow this is amazing so he ended up doing two this year and um 
it was so busy the whole time. And, you know, when you start one of those, it's, of course, you know, getting word of mouth out there and getting it out there. So it starts off real slow. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's like, wow, this is really growing quickly. So there is a demand here for um, the, you know, filmmaking and for filmmakers. And now I wish that we can just resolve the distribution problem. And it would be, you know, because this needs to be a business for everybody nobody should put in all the sweat equity that they do and not get any kind of return and that's so common in this industry and it's bullcrap so it's kind of up to us to change that by calling out the people responsible for that hear that distributors that would be the distributors and and, 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 you know you don't have to worry about being you know on non r-rated on this show we've already ruined that the first episode okay great yeah I, that's but, my fault but <laughs> no i prefer that okay good but I, 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 love I did to hear swear. you uh speaking you know you and patrick discussing you know off mic kind of the the issue with that you know would you like to you know kind of just elaborate a little bit more on that maybe like yeah. what should change how difficult it is to get from filming into and then having the movie go out in front of people yeah we you know what's cool is i i tom and i did an interview uh, for my youtube channel when we were out there um and i discussed it with him how you know the difference is from when you go in the perspective of an artist versus a businessman or woman and you know like we say hollywood is a beast and it's a business and you have to understand the business that's why sometimes they crank out crazy movies like sharknado or you know something which is you fantastic know, for the record it I is and, but it, but they they make money hmm. and um um you know which something you wouldn't think like there's it, but anyway I, mean, I watched a movie called velocipaster yeah like, people will make anything they will make anything and because it will sell because it's so weird or so mm-hmm. different or so whatever there's an Thanks audience killer. for everything yes so and I that's the way i look movies. at it <laughs> i you know i do too and i appreciate every movie made we know what it takes to to get that done and there's it's no easy to... teeth have you heard of this one i've oh, heard i've seen teeth Wow. I saw Thank that you. one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was kind of sick. I saw it, it was but it was pretty cool. I, I, I want to see I it. I enjoyed it. also a little, like, really? Well, yeah. well that's because that. you pitched watching it together. But look, we're talking we're about friends, it right bro. now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But with the distribution process, um, so filmmakers that I still talk to today have the perspective I had gone into uh, in the beginning with creating Nations Fire. You figure the more money you spend, um, the better deal you're gonna get. The wider the distribution deal you're gonna get. That is so untrue. Nothing could be further than the truth than that. If you are not involved in the studio, say if you don't work directly with Universal or one of the bigger companies as a producer, um, then you are outside the box and it's very almost impossible for you to get in it, okay? So if you're gonna go ahead and get investors to put up money for your screenplay, um, first of all, you know, the big question investors should ask is what have you made previously on previous movies? So we know your experience, your connections, and what you can potentially do with it on getting revenue back for them. And if it's zero, then don't ask for half a million to a million dollars and whatever yeah. for a budget. Start off very low, and and you gotta you gotta prove yourself like everything else. You gotta work your way up. 
Tony can tell us a story about that. It's about a guy called Kevin Smith. I don't know if you've yeah, heard yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about him for hours. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we have one episode non-Kevin Smith? No. <laughs> That's hilarious. No. This is Tony's <laughs> podcast. <That's> <laughs> it's Teacher. in our contracts. <laughs> That's funny. You had a contract? <laughs> so we we le- I've learned that you know um, like with Nations Fire. It's important that, okay, so you're going to go sell it. You make the movie, and then all of a sudden, that's the problem. People make the movie first, and then try to go and sell it, okay? And say we'll get distribution after it's complete, and we turn it in. First of all, is everybody aware of what's required, all the technical requirements for each movie? And it's different on every platform. So even just iTunes is very strict with, you, you know, you got to have your chain of title and several pages of, you know, these, these technical requirements that you have to have. Then it's got to pass through quality control. And then every, like, say, you know, they, they'll see aliasing on a shot or something. Then you got to pay again to go through quality control after you pay editors to fix that error. Then you got the sound and you got all these other things. So, you know, our budget kept going up, 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 up. Um, to and in order to to pass all this, but anyways, what you want to do, and then the distributor will offer you zero, because they don't need you. They got everybody throwing their movies at them. Please take it. I personally have a friend, two million dollar movie. Nothing, got nothing. You know, our movie, we have got nothing through our distributor yet. In fact, it's a it's in a deficit, and and they do this because they can. And, you know, say our contract looks great and we could have, well, like ours, we had a $25,000 marketing cap on ours. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, it, how are we in a deficit over the marketing cap, right? And you want proof of all of that. And they don't provide it. But they don't have to. Where are the laws? You got SAG, you got these unions that protect actors and whatever, but nothing for anything outside of that. And there should be, especially with a distributor. Um, you know, who's, who's banking off a thousand movies plus in their library. So the key to, for filmmakers is, I'm sorry, you guys, I feel like I'm talking for an hour, but I, That's why you're I here. can't help it. Literally why you're here. <laughs> okay, good. So <laughs> the key for filmmakers is, is to pre-sell your movie. Okay. And you want to get a pre-sell that way you have a contract and they provide the funds upon delivery of the movie. And that way you know where it's going. You know who's got it, and usually, you know, it's just a straight-up, like, deal. Like, they they give you a check for the delivery of that production. And it's not going to be a big number compared to what you spent on it. Your budget has nothing to do with it, you know. Uh, you want to get a little more than your budget, obviously, but you got to negotiate that in a pre-sale, otherwise you will get zero. That's all there is to it. Is it true what Nathan Lane said in The Producers, never spend your own money? Always. Never spend your own money. And he yelled it at Matthew Broderick. Because <laughs> everybody <laughs> has gone through this. Every single, I don't know one filmmaker who has not gone through this and lost. And like Ron Howard said, you will get your heart broken in this industry. Heartbroken. And you will. And I'm um, sure he's broken a few hearts. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably, I'm sure, yeah. He does have Imagine Entertainment, a very big production company. <laughs> <laughs> you probably... Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's... Uh, so it's a sad thing, and you usually don't learn that until it's too late. So there are banks that actually do fund 
films. And there's a couple of banks like in LA and you know, you people can can actually look that up. You're not gonna get it through like any major uh, I can't go to Bank of America and get a loan to start a movie. Um you might be able to, oh. but they usually oh, you get your movie films? They usually look down on that, but um it's it's I mean, it's a potential fifteen percent interest rate. But yeah. I mean we uh, can do I, it. I would yeah. say twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, with distributors, you you guys gotta people, you know, they you gotta have a plan from the beginning and make sure that you have start from the end, you know, work your way forward. And that's that's yeah, because you have, and that's what we did with Nations, and we met, um, you know, um, uh, an Oscar-winning producer, Oscar Emmy and Tony-winning producer, met with him, and um, you know, that's where he introduced us kind of to the whole game. You know, and I've met with a lot of distributors, and um, I've learned so much since then. But I also encourage filmmakers to go to AFM, the American Film Market, and you know that is where you, you do what you got to do, just like the actors do. It's all about self promotion. You want you got to promote yourself, and you could potentially meet investors there. Because um, look, I want to keep making movies, and I understand the risk. We understand the risk, but now when you have a game plan, it's a it's a little bit less risky. Because you know, you know that I'm gonna pre-sell it this time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like lesson learned. On the yes, line, yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting you say that you're talking about funding, you know, money and stuff, and getting investors, and that's one of the other things the film commission here I heard they're going to be trying to work on is getting more grants so that they can start getting people funding for things. That'd be amazing. Not only just making the movie, but things that go into it, such as getting permitting. So you know, allowing grants for free permitting, uh, stuff like that, just to help make it easier for the entire film market, for those involved in for wanting to get involved. And that would be wonderful because there's such a high demand for movies. I mean, come on, look at this is what, I mean, where would we be without movies? You know what I mean? I would, uh, have, I would literally have nothing to talk about. I would <laughs> right? play video games, that's all I would I do. would have no life. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. And, and, and that's everybody I know. And so we, you know, we got to do better and, and take care of the people that are entertaining us and educating us through their art and their work. And yeah, so. Well, I wanted to change gears just a little bit here. I, you did speak a little bit about, you know, uh, going to acting classes here in St. Pete. Uh, two-parter, what would be your favorite monologue that you got to deliver, and who is your favorite actor? Okay, my monologue, I don't even remember what the heck I did. It was, uh, uh, I, okay, it was, it was a crazy, I like being crazy, playing crazy characters, and I have to say, my favorite actress is Juliette Lewis. Okay. And my dream role would be like that of Natural Born Killers. Yes, yes. Awesome. I absolutely. Has it? We should put that. I one was. Down. I was about because to ask Patrick. Film. Have you seen I that? Have, I know of the movie. And we're going to remove you from the conversation. Oh, you've got to watch Natural Born Killers. I mean, you sound like me on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, the worst one was when he found out how long it took Patrick to watch Jaws. But I've seen no, it. No, that's my favorite. I've that's seen a classic. the movie. And that doesn't okay. belong on the Can list. Just, okay. Just real quick, tell her. I was when you 33 saw Jaws. when I saw Jaws. No. How old you are now? 
Thirty-six. Oh, that's no. <laughs> well, you know what? Congratulations for doing it. Thank you. you finally did it, so we're going to give you credit nice for that. that I've yes. seen but, but he had thirty-three years of not being scared of the water. No, I know that you totally missed out. <laughs> now you're going to go watch it at the beach. Sharks. Sometimes, and sometimes they 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 screen it on the beach, so you got to go do that. It'll be fun. Thankfully, <laughs> at thirty-three, I knew it was a robot, and there weren't actual sharks out there wanting to eat me in right. half. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not scared of the water. Still, it's just. There's no parking at the beach. Who wants to go You know, there? I read something online <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> that, you know, about Jaws, that if you watch it in reverse, it's a beautiful love story about how a shark hands legs and arms to disabled victims. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. I like that. <laughs> a, I may watch it again. It's a heartfelt story. <laughs> Maybe uh, Natural Born Killers is the same. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing life back to yeah, right? <laughs> we, look, we save lives here. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, we save lives. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, another quick question I had for you is, uh, as you know, we said so we talk about movies a lot. And um, one of our episodes... Wait, we talk movies? A lot. Ab- about movies lot. on this on, podcast. On this movie podcast, yes. But yeah. even off the Holy podcast, we shit. talk about it. But my point is we talk about it off the podcast a lot as well. Which is why my girlfriend doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. She knows everything. She well, knows what we, you're going to say. We have a few drinks and we're out on oh, the Oh, I back can imagine. Patio. Oh, she That's hates awesome. It. And so she's like, funny. why are you guys doing this? Well, this is the podcast. We're just rehearsing. Might as well make something out of it. Oh, I agree 100%. We're recording our stupid conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that's what I did with my YouTube channel. And I can't, I can I mean, it's been like the best thing I've ever done because it's just such a release for me. And I'm like, okay, listen, you guys, this is what happened with this. I don't know who's watching it. They're probably like, this bitch is crazy. And I say, yes, I am. I'm like, keep watching. When we're done recording, I would like to talk to you about YouTube. Yes, yes, that'd be great. But what I was going to ask, though, is like we talk about on one of the episodes, we had a conversation about quality of film. Yeah. Not just indie, but even big A-list, you know, Hollywood movies. And uh, we had some kind of agreements, some disagreements on it. I just want to get your thoughts on it about the quality from what it was many years ago. Like technology has changed the game for a lot of things. And unfortunately, it's become a crutch as well to to a lot of movies. Yes. And I personally feel that, you know, we still have some good stories out there, and there's some good storytelling. Yeah, um, I'd say more geared to the indie market because they they try harder. Yes, um, and they you know, but I just think that we just it, it used to be lent on just or I should say supported on just the the acting and the the writing. And you I know, agree. And what's filled in, and now I I feel we've lost a lot. But yes, um, we've talked a little bit about that, and we've like said some agreement, a little disagreement. You know, the technology has helped some movies, but just want to get your opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, I, I, it's probably cut the cost down quite a bit and making it, you know, it's not shot on film anymore, but I remember the quality of like when we shot Filthy and that was beautiful and amazing. Now, look, you guys watch a Lifetime movie and I feel like I'm in a gyno office because of the lighting. You know what I mean? It's like that, that institutionalized lighting and, and you can tell it's just some basic HD cameras they're using. And to me, it completely takes me away from the world that they're trying to pull us into. And I cannot relate to the movie. But then again, I talk to people who are not in the industry and they don't know. Yeah. They don't know what I'm talking about. And I said, trust me, you feel it. 
yeah. That's why you don't want to watch the rest of this damn movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever watched the Lifetime movie. Well, I watch them for the humor. They're hilarious. I, and I'm going to say now because it's the lighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is because of the lighting. Yeah, you know? He says, Let's it's like watch in a prison. Yeah, like, no, I can't. The lighting is all <laughs> It is horrible. The lighting in that room? It drives me crazy. And everybody's like, what are you this. talking about? Well, the funny thing you mentioned that about the looks is like, even you take uh, like HD TVs or 4K TVs, and it's improved the the picture a lot. Um, but for me, like when you watch TV shows now, even ones you watch it on the regular yeah. non 4K or non HD TV, it's got a kind of gritty look to it because yeah. of the you know the device. But it almost kind of looks fake though. It like, does. Unlike when you're watching something like it's that. like I know a lot of uh, indie filmmakers who hate like CGI and over edited stuff and sometimes you know you shoot on something and then you want to give it this particular look but then you got people out there viewers out there or critics out there who will watch it and be like this is shit when other people think it's phenomenal but they'll come out and complain and write and whatever and you're like what are they talking about but see they see those things just like I see the Lifetime movie and now because you know Technology and software is so advanced that it can get into anybody's hands and anybody can become, you know, a pro at, you know, at, like, I, I'm starting to love editing. I enjoy it. I whatever. But and that's why I feel like, um, you know, I think that filmmakers can do everything on their own on their own now, oh, yeah. you know, and make sure you and self distribute it like you can do that because you can you know learn to edit and you can you i mean just all that you, you you're capable of i mean look at these movies that are made on a freaking phone you know what i'm yeah. saying <laughs> like it's all about clever marketing and you know just and being unique and having like you said having a great story and um and talent in 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 delivering that story because there's yeah. everything's such everything's a remake Every, you see everything is like been done and We've copied and yeah, and it's it's like well, I I don't want to see another one of these. I don't want to you know uh, give me something new, something something different, something that's gonna hold my attention or you know. But yeah, so I don't know. I think I think technology is is obviously, I mean it's phenomenal. But then at the same time, it just anybody can do anything now, <laughs> and and then probably submit them on these platforms that we rent, <laughs> and oh, yeah. then you're like, oh okay cool well, i guess and, and that's the other thing too it's like you said it, the equipment now is also affordable too like right. even if you wanted to get exhibit a, a hd camera you know we like, have yeah. mics yeah. for right. like 120 dollars. yeah <laughs> well you don't necessarily have to have the big hundred thousand dollar red cameras anymore and, yeah, exactly. and all of that um you know uh, obviously studios want to have it a certain way and a certain look and quality but you can actually get that same quality without without spending quite as much money yep. you know so we were actually talking about, i was talking to patrick offline one day he was asking me about uh, a little bit about guerrilla filmmaking and i said yeah. that's kind of some of the tricks to it too like you can do a lot of things just by cutting corners or yes using household items yeah you told you know, me how to build a rail for a camera track and and I sure i didn't oh, even yeah. ask uh how would you do that he just Told that to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, the question was, he said, what is guerrilla filmmaking? I was like, oh, well, yeah, those are the worst questions. Examples, and I said, well, here, you can make a track and dolly. This is how you do it. Because I like to give a lot of information. Sure. Which, nine times out of ten, I appreciate. That's good, though. But I'm not a guerrilla filmmaker. I did not need to know how you could build that with PVC pipe. But I know how, I 
now know how to do that. And oddly enough, did not use Gorilla Glue. No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, Back then, it was just Elmer's. It, it was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're, you know, in your 60s and decide you want to remake Jaws, but there you, don't you have go. the funds to do it, I can then but help Why you. would I ever want to remake that classic? <laughs> you wouldn't. I would have to kill you. I wouldn't help you. Yeah. <laughs> we would feed you but to Jaws. You said something a little bit ago that Tommy and we were talking about it. We did an episode called Remakes and Reboots. And... I am just I thought not a we fan decided of them. to let and I just said I'm, I'm literally rewatching everything that I watched when I was young. Right. Just right. newer actors and not as good. It's never the same, no matter what. And well, you know, it boils down to don't fuck with my movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get attached to the actors that yep. you've come to, that played those parts in that movie. So when you see somebody new come in and uh, what was one of the old classics, Grease, <laughs> and they, mm-hmm. they, they when they continued making like. The there second were like, grease oh, and a few of them, weren't there? Yeah, I, I think so. I didn't watch them because I'm <laughs> yeah, like, this no, is no you can't, did. you can't. Yeah, nobody did. Uh, they flew away in the car at the end of the yeah, first one. Why yeah. do I need to see more of this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you build a bond with that that cast, especially classic movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, although I do love, I love Halloween and our Friday the Thirteenth and the Halloweens mm-hmm. and and all of those, but. Mike Myers always stays the same, no matter who plays him. Yeah, exactly. So does Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we don't have to worry about yeah. new actors for that. Yeah. They're all in. Yeah. So. Are you six foot four? Yes. Can you wield an axe? Yes. <laughs> We've got a movie for you. Yep. <laughs> you got I the did part, man. Um, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy. Yeah, yeah Freddy. Freddy. Yeah. Freddy. Mm-hmm. They did recap, and I liked him. Yeah. And that guy's uh, also a director, isn't he? Um, yeah. I can't remember his name. Robert England. Robert, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was in that. Super deep. Take time. It's the one with the comedian. Use your words. It's a superhero movie, but it's about superheroes who are dick. It's about the Manhattan Man. It's Watchmen. Thank you. Uh, All right. (laughs) Oh yes. You're not thinking of that, Robert England. You're thinking of the new Freddy, which was uh, Hurley something. Hurley. What's his name? He's the one who played Horshack in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. That's who I'm thinking of. But he was the new uh, Freddy. Yes. In the remake. Yes. Yes. Although I do, I did enjoy Rob Zombie's Halloween's. I but I love Rob Zombie and I Devil's like Rejects. Music. I do I do too, and maybe that's too because he always puts amazing soundtracks mm-hmm. in like Devil's Rejects. I'll watch it over and over because I can crank it up, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you know? me too. I've totally seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen that one either. No. You've got homework to do again for more? sure. Oh my God, more I have homework. Like Thirty movies. I used to nice watch. try with the sarcasm. <laughs> Then you bring your girlfriend in, and we're all going to sit and discuss <laughs> all of it. We've got TVs yep. all around us. Yeah. So we'll just come here at 9 o'clock and watch Done. them on yeah, all Yeah, that would be awesome. I think half of this episode is me thanking Krista for reinforcing everything I've been telling you. For the That's hilarious. <laughs> Almost word for word, every single thing I've said to him about this. That's funny. He's not lying. <laughs> but you know what I think is funny, too, about with the Halloweens? Because growing up, that that was my number one horror movie. Like, if I said I had a fave, it was the Halloweens. Yep. And Again, remaking, I didn't mind that one as, as much because what I did appreciate about it is it almost kind of brought a little more realisticness to it. Yeah. Um, because you watch the old ones, and, you know, it's this guy, he was about an average-sized guy yes. in the original ones. He wasn't, like, buff, and he was just snapping people's heads or ripping people's arms off. Yes. Okay, that's fine. But, like, this one, he was, that dude was big. I mean, yes. you could literally tell how he could rip somebody apart. Yes. So I thought yeah. what they I did, did with too. this size was awesome. I did too. I enjoyed. I enjoyed Rob Zombie, but I, I, I I'm a fan of his. So. Oh, I watched him. I saw him in 
concert when he was still white zombie. Did that was, you? Oh, that was a good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But no, he's a great filmmaker, too. He that is. One was it? House of a Thousand Corpses. House of a Thousand that Corpses. Was a continuation. Of now, that was really cool because I went to Chiller Convention and just I've after. I've seen that movie. You saw that one. Only because Get Lois him a beer. from Smallville <laughs> is topless in that movie. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> But I'm glad you saw it. We, uh, we there's a reason why I saw it. We yeah. did um, filthy. Uh, that's the one where I played Dana by Transient. And it was very much like Sherry uh, Moon Zombies part in House of Thousand Corpses. Okay. So when we were all at Chiller Convention and we were doing some guerrilla marketing promoting filthy, I couldn't believe the fan base see um, that showed up for our little short film because people were saying my lines like lined up to get autographs and it was my first movie i really i looked at the director annie Lino, and I, like, I didn't know anybody who was gonna watch it <laughs> like i didn't know anybody would see it and this is i'm like so yeah overwhelmed and excited yeah. <laughs> it was just, like awesome they're like Leonard's my cousin he's my brother he's gonna be my husband and people are saying my lines those are my lines in the movie <laughs> So I thought that was really cool. And um, so we, the Horror Channel was doing something back then. And we were going to do like a Slate ID spot where we went into a hotel room and they videoed us saying, hi, I'm Chris Agrati Sagan from Filthy. And then we had the cast, some of the cast of Devil's Rejects there. Okay. So I got to meet some of the cast of Devil's Rejects. And we were talking about the similarities they knew of Filthy. So Mama Firefly was there. Um, and then a couple of the guys from the hotel room. So it was pretty cool, you know, that... That's awesome. Yeah, because you realize what a small world really absolutely it really is. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so um and that's an exciting thing for me too because I've run into and I've got to work with the same people mm-hmm. that I used to watch. And so to be on set with them from my favorite horror films like William Forsythe and um Devil's Rejects and then I'm on set with him in Checkpoint. Um I just work with Tony Todd, Candyman. And they got the new Candyman coming out. Yep. Speaking yeah, of remakes. Yes. Really great reviews. IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. Is it really? That's awesome. Although I have admitted on the show that I am not a fan of horror movies. I watched yeah. The Shining way too early. And oh, yeah. The rest of my life, I was like, I'm good. I will stick to SpongeBob. and actually. That's and why he Keanu stayed Reeves. away from Joss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was scared. Yeah. I, uh, when I was younger, I watched Chucky. When oh, I was yeah. like, I don't know, eight, nine, and my, Never had a doll my mother, ever again. no, my mother had like this life-size doll that she's kept forever that was like the, the cream of the crop doll, like back when she was younger. So it's porcelain. Oh. And yeah. And, and it's a, well, no, no, it's, 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 uh, it's plastic oh. and it like moves. So like you could move its oh. arms and it would walk. And it's like a life-size five-year-old. I hope. So you thought it was possessed. So every time that I would go into that room, <laughs> you like, would punch it, it, it like exactly. straight in the head, I, and I just sit back like, yeah. He was <laughs> trying to shatter the face on yeah. that thing. Didn't work. That's funny. So like, I'd have friends come over, and we kept it in the spare bedroom, and like they'd stay over, and they'd stay in the spare bedroom, and one of my buddies came over, dude. I swear to God, it blinked five times. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's scary. That's how your mom keeps you in line. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's yeah, she would always, you know, keep that where she hid the Christmas present because she knew I'd never go in there. Oh, she that's knows. a good idea. <laughs> you know, you smart. go home and you go to bed, she just moves it in now, there at no, night. No, yes, now it's sitting in there. <laughs> we actually we, <laughs> the last time that I made a trip up there uh, was was Thanksgiving this year, 
and we were messing with my stepdad. <laughs> so when he got home from work, we were all out. And we put it in the chair with the beer that he was going to drink and had the TV remote oh, in his chair. Cute. <laughs> so he cute. got he was already in bed when we got back home that night, but he messed with us. He put it back in our bed when we got home. And Becky's walking in and she goes, no, I'm not getting in the bed. I don't care. I'll sleep outside. It's 32 degrees. I don't care. <laughs> They're creepy, though. Those dolls are creepy. That's, I think it's really kind of cool, like when you were saying, um, you know, not only when people recognize or know your movie, but yeah. when they know your particular lines of the movie. Yes. That's got to be a really good feeling. It's yes. Just like, like they've really noticed you there. Yes, and it was, and that was one of my favorite movies and roles to play. And we had a reunion not too long ago where um, we screened the movie, uh, and it, it's still the same, you know. People remember that one, and that was like, 17 years ago almost 20 years ago and um yeah people still talk about that she's from filthy and i'm like yes i am yes, <laughs> i'm pussy <laughs> Have you say done? it right now <laughs> please yeah pussy my, my yes. apologies <laughs> no, have you done any of the local conventions like tampa bay comic-con or um I have. megacon yes i have um god it's been a few years but I absolutely love the conventions because I'm like a little kid in a candy store, so I don't stay at my spot. I go <laughs> running around, and I'm like, oh, there's so-and-so. Oh, look at this. And I bring my kids, and, you oh, know. you and I would get along great Yeah, we have fun, man. <laughs> it's fun. I met Richard Dean Anderson once. I'm still excited about that. See, that's It was five years ago. <laughs> see, but that's what's so cool about it, you know, and. You get to talk with, you know, people, mm. actors that you've looked up Party to. A, or yeah. Hater, yeah. The two people I've only met. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> At least you met a couple. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I have their autographs. That's so cool. Then. That's one step, man. <laughs> um, I want to get to, uh, uh, I think it's a, an important question to ask, especially, you know, in your view or experience in the industry from a female perspective. Yeah. Like, what, what is it like? From a you know, from the female perspective, do you find it more difficult? Do you find you have to like work harder? Do you find that you have to promote yourself more? Is it you know, is this the guys' world still? You know, when it's um, or what do they call it, the boys' club? Or you know, when it comes to film, like how was your experience? Club, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I really don't think so. No. I can honestly say that um, I've I've been blessed to be surrounded with the most amazing people. Like seriously, um, you know. And the people that weren't, they know it. You know what I, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I'm going to freaking tell you. Fucking tell you. <laughs> so, but, um, but no. And what I love about uh, how kind of, you know, I come from aviation world as well. Mm -hmm. And that's been a battle and a struggle and a fight just to prove that, you know, huh, I can think. <laughs> I know how to do my work. You guys, you don't have to talk about my cleavage or my blonde hair or whatever. You know, like, whatever. It's yeah. just... <laughs> but uh but yeah so in the film industry i really don't f i think it's come a very long way um i know in the beginning i faced a lot of shit um with people trying to hook up with you for mm. work or yeah. especially photo shoots you know and the old harvey weinstein boy. all that kind of stuff yeah. oh yeah casting i mean couch. i've been yeah. through yeah. it and then but i've been lucky enough to you know worked on great productions where you, there's none of that crap that none of awesome. wonderful people even if there is nudity or anything everything's so professional 
And what I, I'm going to say, what I do love even about Tom Churchill, that's something he was asked, um, because, you know, My Role in Nation's Fire was initially written for Bill Goldberg. You know, really? Yeah. Because, and he just changed it up and, and did, you know, um, and I played that part. And um, same with the, the movie I, I had just worked on. Um, everybody showed up on set and was like, I thought this was a man's role. I, you know, I was a detective. Everybody's like, I thought this was a guy playing. And I was like, oh, no. It's me. <laughs> it's you me. know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't have to be this the, the stereotypical um, type of butch. You, you don't know. have to be a G.I. Jane. And say, I don't have to be correct. Yeah. I can still be feminine and tough at the same time. And I think a lot of um, people are realizing that, you know, there's not many differences between, you know, men and women as far as strength and far, okay. you know, emotional strength and, and, and delivery and, and that sort of thing. Um, Although some of them so are, so it's good to know that distributors are fucking over both genders. They're just screwing. I up. really yeah, felt awesome. the woman treated me worse than any man ever had. Really, really. And I really thought um, well, you probably were taller than her. Yeah, I didn't understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand why she was treating me. But although women are very brutal to other women. Um, but I didn't know the woman and I did, I'm like, why are you talking to me like this? Like what? I am not your bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I've noticed women can actually be worse than men. I think, um, a lot of, I've just, I've really had mostly good experiences, um, with men I worked with as far as trusting me to do my thing mm -hmm. and trusting me with what they wrote. Um, like, look, you gotta be like this with that. You gotta be, you gotta fight. You got it this? And I'm like, okay, got it. Give me Juliette Lewis, Natural Born Killers. Yep. I got this. <laughs> so unless it's a photo shoot, you know, or something I've done in bikini shoots, and then you got the photographer with a big tent in his shorts, and you're like, listen, <laughs> go, let's figure this out, and then we'll start over again, okay? <laughs> go ahead, Not shower. with me here. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Go, go do something. Go, go. <laughs> go do what you so I've had. Do. I do have some crazy stories, no. but um, we will not record be, those for litigation. Yes, <laughs> but it's to be expected. You know yeah. what I mean? It really is. Yeah, and but absolutely. I think that when people are are in a professional world and they they have their goal in mind of making the best movie possible and being a part of the greatest team with the same goal in mind, it's all about what we can get accomplished and to the best of our ability too. Mm -hmm. We want to kick ass. So. I, it's been good for me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think that's great that you found trusting people, people that you can trust, people that, you know, like you said, it's like family. It is. You know, well, it's and also really is. hear that the industry is progressive. Yes. It's starting to be progressive, yeah. more, mm -hmm. at least more than it was in the 50s when the Rat Pack was doing their stuff. Right. Yeah. Because they yeah. would walk around all set just smacking everyone on the ass. Yeah. Saying, good, good for you. Yes. And yes. now it's all like, we're not playing you. baseball. Yeah. <laughs> in all fairness, though, Frank Sinatra, if he was still alive, could probably still get away do with doing that. No one would have Sure, mind. Probably, I mean, yeah, probably. Oh, can do whatever There's a few that can smack my ass. I don't care. I'll be <laughs> For the record, I'm good. none of them are on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it doesn't get to a filthy level. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, filthy. You know, just keep it clean. <laughs> I yeah. do want to switch gears a little bit because I've, I've read your um, IMDb profile and your Wikipedia page, and you've done a lot of indie film and B-movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's offensive, but that's what no. I yeah. That... Have you ever worked with Bruce Campbell? No, I have not. Are you going to at some point? 
Well, now you, you got me on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I only ask Welcome to the show. Now you have homework. <laughs> there we go. Now I got my homework. That's a big job, too. Right? Say, that's a lot of homework. You better watch something, man. <laughs> I only ask because he's one of my favorite B-movie actors, and he's actually had his book, The, the King of B-Movies. Yeah. I was just wondering if you'd ever met the man and what he's no, like. No, I haven't. But he's my Kevin Smith. Oh, the... that's awesome. <laughs> we got to make that happen now. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. See, but your homework is way easier. You just have to go and watch the You just got to go watch movie. a couple she movies. Now to... I got to go find the guy. I got to go smack his ass yeah. and be like, please don't <laughs> work with me. And make the movie with And you. make a movie. And, just yeah. and get distribution. You to make the whole movie. Yeah, right. We're just a scene. So, yeah, we're just kind of... Uh, you know, we got a little bit of time left, um, but just kind of want to give a little roundtable time. And, you know, if you guys had any other additional questions. Uh, that was literally my only question. That was it? I, well, you know, I wanted to know more about Bruce Campbell. <laughs> he was thinking about that the whole time. I he knew was. there was He's something going on. He was yeah. thinking was, that was going to be another 30 minutes. But like, I remember being movies, I was like, Bruce No, that's Campbell. good. That's good. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I have a question. Um, how did Bill Goldberg take to you stealing his job? Right. Um, it was actually a different question. script. So we had Checkpoint. Mm -hmm. And Checkpoint was, um, um, you know, with Bill Goldberg and playing the lead role in that movie. And then um, when we decided that we were going to move forward with Nation's Fire, it's actually what uh, the second Checkpoint that evolved and we changed it into Nation's Fire, a biker-themed action movie. Um, so, yeah, so he didn't change actually – the character too much and what was really cool about it there was a couple of critics who wrote um and these are professional critics because i do want to point out when you get a lot of people writing online and stuff like that with a lot of the negativity that's mostly people who were either fired on you know, like there's so many it's all personal haters okay, yeah we knew when we read them and uh and Tom will vouch for this. Him and I, we laugh sometimes because we know exactly who it is. Exactly. <laughs> oh, they got terminated because they did this. And now look at and people when you read like negative reviews and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And because um, it gets aggravating. And I'm the type of person that I'm not going to let anything um, like build up inside of me. Uh, you know, because I'm not going to get cancer over other people's shit and mm -hmm. bitching and whining and whatever. So I like to put it out there when I, I experience things that happen, especially like with the distributor, because that could have killed me if I allowed it to. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of that was a loss. That's why humankind invented alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And I'm sober, so I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. You know, I've been sober My for apologies. 11 years. No, no, but yeah, I wish I could, but I can't. And then it would, then we'd really have a problem. <laughs> well, I'd congratulations on the 11 years. Oh, yes. thank yes. you. Thank you. I'm, how yeah. long have we been here? An hour and a half. Yeah. So that's how sober I've been. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so good, though. Get drunk and watch your jaws and. Yeah. <laughs> the movie. The movie. Well, I've already seen not the first teeth. One. Yeah, yeah. You can say, oh, wait, teeth. I thought she said teeth. <laughs> Technically, I still have to watch that one. I haven't watched it ever yeah, since that's, episode. Oh, one you got to watch that one, too. too. Yeah. Um, so, real quick, I know we've talked a lot about like your film career, but I know you've done writing before, and mm -hmm. I know you've done modeling and stuff. Have you done like overseas? I'm, I'm not as familiar with that portion of, of the careers. No, you... no, just just through our distribution okay. on our films. You okay. know, our films are all overseas, which I think is really a cool thing, too, because I got thousands and thousands of messages in Messenger, and um, we were on set, and I said, do I have a movie that just came out in China? Because I'm getting all these people from there, you know, 
and it's it's funny because I know when a movie is um, either that because they can resell through you know the distribution deals internationally or whatever and I'm like I must have because I'll get a ton of people who will start writing me and from this certain territory and it's kind of it kind of cracks me up because I'm like this is really neat mm -hmm. and you know so I got different I, and I've gotten fan mail that was actually sent to my office um, from France and like people send it and they find me <laughs> kind of creepy but <laughs> they find me and they'll send letters and or you know from egypt um you know what can i get you from egypt and like yeah yeah really? weird stuff i get a, and it'll be several so i figure okay something must be playing over there mm -hmm. and they literally look me up but i get stuff from younger girls too i've had write me um because they love my character in checkpoint or mm -hmm. you know and it's kind of that that to me is really neat, you oh, know, absolutely. or when you meet somebody, I've, you know, met um, women in, in the biker community mm -hmm. who literally were crying, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you liked the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty neat. Um, oh, that's awesome. Speaking about Checkpoint, the biker movie, um, did you actually ride those motorcycles? Or yes. Was that a, oh, do you, oh have, yes. you still have your license? Yes. I sure do. You want to see it? No, I'm just kidding. It costs $10 a year. I still have mine. You I got yours, ridden. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I haven't ridden in like 10 years. <laughs> That's funny. They just want yeah. a little more extra money to keep that motorcycles also at the bottom of I the I know. Lid. I love it too, right? <laughs> well, at least it's not that expensive for the year. Yeah, yeah but no, if I get on a bike now, I will die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, don't do that then. Did you know, though, Florida is the most dangerous state in the country no for riding. Law. There's no helmet law. It's also an 80% chance of death for every two miles you ride from home and i heard this on the radio with statistics um about that and i was like holy sh that's High five i beat the average yeah there yeah you go. me nice too fun. i've been good yeah. I, <laughs> and i i was in la and, and the riders over there were you saying can split over there, you can split it? yes and i to me i thought oh this is so crazy they look at us riding in florida and say oh you guys are crazy because they know of the reputation of the the number of accidents in florida but you i can't even lane split here and that, no I you can't that, that, yeah. that's the most dangerous yeah. thing you could do on a motorcycle i would think so too there's got to be a lot of accidents from that especially with all the tourists oh it's also got to be all the blue hairs who don't look out their yes. window and just yes. cut over yeah and they don't see the motorcycle on the bayside bridge who gets crushed and then sent over the rail yeah yeah, yeah. you got silver alerts everywhere and Absolutely. you gotta do something <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, we're getting close to wrapping up. We're almost uh, out of time here. But before we do, uh, Chris, is there anything that you're currently working on that is coming out soon? Anything you want to talk about? That you're allowed to talk about. Yeah, that you're we allowed to talk about. We don't want to be sued yeah, by the yeah, director. Yeah. We don't want anything. Oh, no, no, you won't be, you won't be sued. Um, Good, because we don't have any money. And you can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Come sue me. You guys, come. you can sue me. Yeah. You're I got gotcha. a laptop and a couple of mics. Yeah, yeah no, they're great guys. They would, yeah. I didn't. I know my boundaries. I didn't say anything, so we're good. Um, yeah, no, I. Um, so uh, my new movie, Penthouse, came out. I gotta watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Sorry, I gotta watch that one. Um, and then, of course, um, Devil Row will be out, and um, and then, of course, my YouTube channel because okay. I have, I'm having so much fun with that, and I hope to make like cheap little mini movies on my YouTube. That's what I'm kind of doing That's with awesome. my own whole one woman show with the editing and you know filming and doing whatever so well, what's um, the name of your youtube channel is uh, it it's, uh, saxon? yes under krista grotti saxon okay. oh. and so and my poll my poll performances so i got a couple videos i'm working on but on the bigger note we got a few feature films 
um, that we're working on. So I'm going to be heading back out to L.A. Mm. And um, we, we got actually about five films uh, slated oh, wow. to, yeah, to, to start working on. So it's a matter of starting with funding number one, then number two, then number three. But yeah, no, we're, we're, we're gearing up for the next one now. So I'm really excited. And there might be something more with a Nation's Fire style thing. So that's also what we're working on, but totally different. Nice. With the same character, and then except I'm going to be prettier. <laughs> oh, oh, I just want to look a little bit like like I ate something. And your characters, they won't be pussy. Yeah, <laughs> no, no pussy. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, you get Yeah, just a quick follow up to that. Um, what you just said. Is it weird watching your own movies? That movies yes. that you're in. Yes. Like, <laughs> that's yes. I don't want to watch that. I don't. It's so weird because people say that, and even um, I, no matter what I do on camera, I can't freaking stand it. Mm. I hate to see myself, but I know a lot of actors are like that. And I'm like, well, why do I do this? Because I can't not. I've tried to quit so many times. I'm mm. like, ah, oh, fuck this industry. I'm done. <laughs> don't call me. And I'll be like, please, can you play this role? And I'm like, no. Uh, uh-uh, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and then I'm like, I gotta do it. Yes, I'll do it. It just you know, draws you back it in. It does. You, know? you can't not do nope. it. I mean, every time I get out, they pull me back in. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like not watching movies anymore, not talking about movies anymore. You can't not do that. You'd you'd be lost, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I would be. I wouldn't have a single, you know, original thought. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait. Well, that's kind of that's kind of what kind of got me into wanting to do this and talking to the guys about joining yes. me is because, like I said, I. Did a little bit of stuff here and there, worked on some stuff, wrote some things. Never, there were a lot of money issues, obviously, you know, getting something going and, you know, just people in it that back out and stuff. But um, it's been years. And then, but I, I have this stuff and I'm like, you know what? I just, I need to do something. Do. I need to have an outlet. Like you said, the YouTube channel is, is an outlet. Um, but we had all just talked around anyway. So we just figured we'd go ahead and play it around. So I know the feeling of wanting to get back in. That's exactly what I told the two of them. I was like, I want to do something. Mm-hmm kind of creative again yes. i want to get into it i want to do it let's go and it's what you're meant to be doing absolutely and when, whenever you find yourself somewhere and it's where you, you know mm-hmm. you're meant we to be doing it have these discussions at the outside bar with drinks in our hand and now we're doing it sober and we're coming to the realization that i shouldn't be invited here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just you need to watch more movies yeah, okay. <laughs> get, get more just do your homework and work <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I, think, I think this is the closest we've set so that you know it's a good thing that we're not on an opposing topic yeah because you could actually reach each other yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i usually have them out on each end of the long table so oh, that's hilarious <laughs> well i mean there are times I'm like fuck you gavin yeah. fuck you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> we would um, never say that often <laughs> <laughs> um, while recording yeah <laughs> All right, well, uh, we got to wrap this up, though. We're just about out of time. Uh, Krista, it's been so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been super informative and just a joy having you here Thank with you us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Oh, it was our pleasure. We yes. we, we loved it. So, um, guys, we'll be uh, talking to you next week. Uh, that's it for Movie Talks and Chill. For Movie Talks and Chill, we're your hosts. I'm Tony Serrato. I'm Gavin Butts. I am Patrick. I hope I wasn't so offensive, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, and our special guest star. I am Krista Grady Saxon. Take In care, my radio guys. voice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Don't forget, guys, you can visit us at our website, movietalksandchill.com. Email us at talktous at movietalksandchill.com or find us on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Movie Talks and Chill. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, 
Pocket Cast, Radio Public, coming soon to Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Overcast. New episodes available every Wednesday. Talk to you then. Theme music for our podcast was composed, arranged, and performed by Paul The Rock.